brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Oh, oh, boy, oh, boy. Man. Doesn't We're it feel back good? to history or his I story? I woke up this morning thinking, man, something's not right. I need something to get me going. <laughs> and then I remembered, today we're recording history or his story, and I am going to feel good about that. <laughs> wow, that's uh, so normally there. when we come into this intro, like yeah. I usually start us, uh-huh. but you seem really fired up. I am dude. trying a new pumped. thing for 2020. Yeah. Where it's, Can I tell uh, you something? Yeah. Not working. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> So, <laughs> boy, just being brutally honest. You're apparently um, your 2020 resolution is to yeah. be a jerk. I uh, it's working. My my name's Dan. Uh, I used to be a history teacher, and I got my good buddies Panda and Brain here. How hey, you guys doing today? Hey, Feeling good, ready um, to win, ready to win. Yeah, big money, big money. Uh, I tell three history stories. One of them is completely, utterly false. It's a lie. We have. Uh, big news, though. We yes. have a special guest. Who would you think would be better for a history podcast than Hallmark actor extraordinaire Tyler Hines? Tyler, how you doing? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know if that would be your first go-to as far as the person you, <laughs> you want as a part of this. But yes, I would definitely take the credit. I am going to win this game. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, Tyler was laughing, and then he got very He's serious. Like, no, but seriously, I'm going to Tyler, what's you. your history with history? My history with history is that I was pretty dumb in high school, and I've watched a lot of documentaries. That is the entirety of my history. Wow. Here we go. Let's do this. And Tyler, you're from Canada. It's going to help you out a lot today because today's theme is the state of South Carolina. Oh, yeah. America. <laughs> have you ever been to South Carolina, Tyler? I have. I've driven through it, and I went to a Krispy Kreme there and got yelled at by the person giving me the donut. So Dude, I know wow. a lot do you about know, South Carolina. Do you know where in uh, South Carolina you stopped for Krispy Kreme? I have no, no idea. There's no joke. We ordered that Krispy box. Kreme this morning. We did. I'm going to eat one right now. Yeah, we we, did. Ordered, oh, we were we were watching Winter and Vale, yeah. and I remembered <laughs> that Krispy Kreme now delivers. Yeah, Krispy Kreme delivers here, so we're, you know. Wow. So just so, be honest. Krispy Kreme or Tim Hortons, what do you got? Uh, Krispy Kreme. Was, uh, yes. Yeah, Krispy Kreme is, donuts are my favorite favorite dessert Krispy Kreme is the best at it and as I learned in South Carolina 
you are a moron if you don't get them fresh. That's the right. The person berated Doc, me about this. If they're not hot now off the conveyor, you may as well throw them in the garbage. Yeah. He's 100% exactly. right. Well, so that's a little yeah. extreme. So you there pretty much, right here, though, so Tyler, you, you pretty much are just professional in South Carolina history, if you know that about Krispy <laughs> Kreme. I mean, I think I know all I need to know about South Carolina if I know about <laughs> wow. Krispy Kreme. Well, that's we'll right. find yeah, out love it. right now. So here's the deal. I'm going to tell three stories. These guys are going to grill me, ask me some questions on those three stories. One of them's a lie. They're going to try to figure out which is which. As we stand, Panda, leading brand, five to four, and you said this year you're not going to miss a single one. I'm not going to miss a single one. I'm feeling good wow. about it. That's uh, impressive. I have made a new resolution to... Do my best and be content with the results. Wow. That's the dumbest thing I've ever yeah. heard in my and life. And Tyler's here for one reason, and that's to win. Uh, so <laughs> we, uh, I, will, I will give you the title of each story in chronological order so you know that I'm not trying to frame my line in any particular spot in this particular podcast. And then the loser of last week's episode, Bran, hey. gets to choose the order in which he wants to hear these stories. You with us so far, Tyler? Yes, Cole, I have one request. Okay. Can you slide in a little bit so I can see you on camera? These guys have an advantage. They yeah. can see your face. Yeah, be that's close. true. That's true. That's I'm true. a good lie detector. I need to see this. Yeah, right yeah he's an actor. An yeah. actor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are we ready? Okay. Yeah. So story number one is called The Palmetto State Olympics. Too hot to handle. Mm. Story two is called The United States Drops a Nuclear Bomb on the Palmetto State. Okay. I and, <laughs> and story number three is called Dare you visit Monkey Island, South Carolina? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's a strong the- title, that last one. <laughs> man, you know what? Man, the nuclear one, I feel like, uh, is a dead giveaway to being the one that I'm going to choose first. I want to hear the you nuclear. You want to hear nuclear first. Yeah, that's right. That's what okay. I want to hear first. All right, we'll start there then. Uh, the United States uh, drops a nuclear bomb on the Palmetto State. Story number one. Starts right now. Okay, so let me take you back to 1958. Uh, you guys remember it well, right? I do, I do. What's oh, yes. going on in 1958 in the United States? Uh, uh, there was lots of happiness. Lots of happiness. The 50s were a time of happiness. You had music and you had people in houses and uh, high taxes. The other thing that was going on in the 50s was the Cold War. Now, ah. the Cold War, we did a whole podcast on 1945 to roughly 1991. And basically, in 1958, Dwight D. Eisenhower is our president, and we're experiencing a time of nuclear proliferation. We talked about nuclear proliferation. I know you know what it means. Do you know what it means? <laughs> I do. It is uh, when uh, there's a, there is now a, uh, a lot of nuclear coming of age. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like you, uh, somebody who's a nuclear physicist was trying to make almost famous or something. Yeah. Uh, but I'm correct. <laughs> so basically, both the Soviet Union and the United States and their allies are making a ton of nuclear weaponry. Right. And they're doing that because they're girding their loins for the possible nuclear war that is to come. So nuclear proliferation is really starting to take off. Both sides are in this stare down where they're saying, hey, uh, I've got this bomb. I've got this bomb. Uh, so on and so forth. So March 11th, 1958. What if I told you that uh, there was a series of aircraft, Boeing B-47s, mm-hmm. that left from Georgia, Savannah, Georgia area, and they would fly to the United Kingdom and do mock bomb drops in the ocean, in the Atlantic Ocean, right off of the coast of the United Kingdom. Now, these were actual nuclear bombs. They were missing 
the nuclear core, the fissile nuclear core in the middle. Now, these bombs would still explode. They would still uh, cause a blast radius, but they were missing the nuclear core inside of them. Those were on the planes in case in the middle of these practice runs, they were called into active duty. They could put the core back in the bomb, but the the cores were removed from the bombs, but the bombs were active. They would fly from Savannah, Georgia to the United Kingdom. They would drop the bomb, and these were done to test with their allies the accuracy of these bombardiers, the accuracy to which they were going to actually drop the bombs and explode them on any given target. So after they do that, they would take back off from the UK and fly to North Africa. And all of this is part of something called Operation Snow Flurry. Now, you're Tyler, you're in the Hallmark movies. There are no snow flurries. There's just thunder snows, a <laughs> lot of digital snow. This is Operation Snow Flurry, where the United States had B-47 uh, Boeings flying to the United Kingdom. They would, they would mock the bomb drop, and then they would fly to North Africa. And in North Africa, basically, these Air Force pilots, after their mock bomb drops, would go to North Africa for the data collection process to begin to see their accuracy of them. Now, um, the bombs were live. They had them removed. There was a strategic air command facility in North Africa. They would go and get all the data. Then they would fly back home to Savannah, Georgia. Well, on March 11th, 1958, during Operation Snow Flurry, there was a little bit of an issue. Um, after takeoff of their flight in this Boeing B-47, um, The captain noticed that there was a fault light in the cockpit, which basically said that a bomb harness locking pin was not engaged. Now, that means the bomb was not locked, and it it, it could jostle around, it could fall out, it could do whatever. So he sends one of the Air Force, what are they, cadets? Somebody's going to be upset at me. The Air Force people down (coughs) to check on this bomb. And the soldier gets down there, checks on the bomb, and in checking the bomb, he grabs the emergency release pin of the bomb. And the bomb drops from the Boeing 47 to the floor of the bay doors. The weight of the bomb hitting the bay doors caused the bay doors to open. No. And the bomb dropped out of the plane. (laughs) So we're in a Boeing B-47. And we're over what state? You guessed it. South Carolina. South Carolina. That is correct. So they're 15,000 feet up in the air. This bomb without a nuclear core, but a nuclear bomb nonetheless, drops and it lands on private property in Mars Bluff, South Carolina. Mm. You guys know where Mars Bluff is, right, Tyler? You know where it is. Of course. Very familiar with Mars, yes. Where would you guess Mars Bluff is? Uh, The ocean. It's right beach. by. It's right by Hilton Head. It's actually just west of Florence, near Francis Marion University. That's that's pretty much where I was it's indicating. Kind of, yeah, of course. Um, so the 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 bomb drops. It lands on private property in Mars Bluff in 1958, um, where a guy named Walter Gregg and his family live. Okay, oh. he's got a wife. He's got a son. He's got two daughters. Um, the bomb. He has a lot of acres of land. The bomb lands. And it, explo- it, it explodes and it, it, it decimates his shed. And then shrapnel from the bomb comes into the house, breaks all the windows in the house. And everyone in his family, no one passes away. Everyone does sustain some sort of injury. In fact, shrapnel from this explosion hit seven different buildings around the general area in Mars Bluff, South Carolina. So the, it created a crater that was 70 feet deep. Uh, no, 70 feet wide, 35 feet deep. Hmm. The crater of the bomb. 
<coughs> shrapnel uh, caused some injuries uh, to his wife and son. He, uh, Walter Gregg sues. Uh, the United States government, the United uh-huh. States Air Force. Um, this makes international news in 1958 that a bomb was dropped on, on its own people. Um, he wins that suit for $54,000, which in modern day money is about a half million dollars. That's still not a lot of money. Um, the United States Air Force apologized for what happened. The Gregg family went on to live with more money happily ever after. Thus concludes story number one. Your three minutes of questions starts right now. Wow. Why? Why? Uh, <laughs> they do these tests and they're going over to the UK towards the U- Why? Why not? Why? Why not just in the I middle of the I think it's a geography water? thing. I think it's, it's to be able to measure the accuracy of the bombs. They couldn't use actual land. And the UK is surrounded by water. And also um, its nearest country to the uk is also an ally in france and and so it made a lot of sense more more so what i was thinking is why africa why do that for the data dump of of what they just tested so the strategic air command center i I believe that was there in world war ii existed in africa and that was where they gathered data and it was just a command center like almost like a base that's stationed around the around the world as you know the united states has quite a few of those um one of them was in north africa uh, did they uh, end up uh, firing the guy who who didn't know anything about the, the <laughs> bombs? <laughs> didn't know anything about the bombs. I think it was an. Uh, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that. But I do think it was just one happenstance before another. Like locking pins not engaged. The guy goes to fix it and he accidentally. From what the, the, what I read, he, he tries to pull himself up, which is weird. Uh, and and the he he releases that emergency pin, which causes the whole incident. Um, you said that none of the people in the the house uh, passed away. None of them died. Um, but they did have some injuries. They all sustained lacerations and bruises, and two the two girls were outside playing, had to go to the hospital. And you said it, it went out. It went out further than just the house. Yeah. Nobody died. Though. Nobody died. Nobody. No okay. deaths. Correct. But hold on here, because if it landed on the shed, the shed has got to be pretty close to the house. And if that is a bomb dropping from one of those B-52s or whatever, <laughs> that's going to be a pretty big blast, I would assume, even if it doesn't have a nuclear core. So, so how Tyler, does it just result in shrapnel taking out the Tyler's, family? Yeah, what Tyler said. Tyler's, Tyler's trying out for CSI Toronto over there, <laughs> <laughs> where everybody's nice, even if they're a murderer. Uh, yeah, I, I, I Are don't. You sure, I, you did it. I don't. I don't have them. Where are my sunglasses? <laughs> ah! Uh, I don't have a map of the Greg house, but the way I understand it is he had a lot of land. And so the shed wasn't right next to the house. It's the best way I got to explain it. But you also said it hit buildings nearby. Yeah, shrapnel hit hit built like if it's a 70 foot wide crater, then the 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 velocity for which shrapnel was moving is is pretty quick. Is that is it barn shrapnel or bomb shrapnel? Bomb and barn. It's a both hands. It's a barn bomb. Uh, It's a barn bomb sitch. Can I still go and see the uh, the 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 crater? I do not know the answer to that question. I don't. I honestly do not. Huh. We're running out of time. Can I Google it in the last 10 seconds we have? (laughs) (laughs) You cannot. Time is up. That was fun. Story number one. Right? All right. That was was story number two. That was an elaborate story. Thanks, man. Story number two. uh, That was story number two chronologically. So what do you want next? Tyler, what what should we go with? 
The last one was wacky. What was the name the of that mon- one again? Dare one? You Enter Monkey Island, Monkey South Island. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, with a a title like Monkey Island, we got to go there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Story number two starts right now. What if I told you, and I'm glad you're all seated because you're going to be terrified. What if I told you (laughs) there's an island in South Carolina uninhabited by humans that contains over 3,000 diseased monkeys? Like now? Like right now. Wait. Diseased? (laughs) Diseased. I don't. Continue. What kind of diseases? <laughs> mm, I'm glad you're here to find out. Let me introduce you to Morgan Island. Morgan Island is a sea island located just north of Beaufort, South Carolina. Oh. Now that's down near Charleston, which you're probably familiar with, Tyler. Of course, Charleston. Yes, uh, yes, yes, big very time. Familiar. Cobblestone streets, ghosts, the whole bit. Um, so the thing a lot of people <clears throat> who are not from the area don't they don't know is is that South Carolina along the coast. Um, there between South Carolina and Georgia and just into Florida, there are over a hundred sea islands, also known as barrier islands. And basically most of these islands are uninhabited and they present a barrier between the coast and, uh, and the, the mainland. Um, it's a very famous part of South Carolina history. As, as a kid, if you live in the state of South Carolina, a lot of times you travel to St. Christopher Island and you go to a barrier Island. You can go and see the mud pits and see all these things. Or you go as a, uh, you know, uh, uh, you go with a school and you're a teacher and yeah, you have, yeah, to, make and sure you have kids, to chaperone you have to make sure kids don't die. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We did that as well. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Morgan Island is one of those barrier sea islands. Um, and there are a lot of, there's a hundred of them in between South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Uh, and there's over 5,000 acres of marshland. That is what basically Morgan Island is 5,000. There's a few, there's a few hundred acres that are a little bit higher ground, but by and large, it's 5,000 acres of marshland. That is all that it is in Morgan Island. I do not know why it's named Morgan Island. I probably should have looked that up. Maybe Daniel Morgan, who's pretty famous, but I don't know if he's a, uh, a South Carolinian or not. So, historically, Morgan Island has always been uninhabited due to the location and distance from the mainland. There wasn't a lot there to be livable, but it is part of South Carolina. It's technically South Carolina land. That's part of what we do. So, now, let me take you all the way back to 1979 uh, to a little city called La Parguera. La Parguera. La La Parguera. La Parguera. Sure, I think you added an extra R in there. Now, can anybody tell me what what nation houses the city La Parguera for any extra 
for for fifty fifty dollars history cash. I'm somehow going to be offensive, so I'm going to choose not to make a guess. Yeah, I was no. going to say the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Spain. I'm going to go all in. Spain. I don't care about being offensive. Uh, the answer is Puerto Rico. Puerto I was Rico. close. That's right. So uh, La Perguera in Puerto Rico uh, basically is a city in the on the island of Puerto Rico that was for the longest time a a Caribbean primate research center. Mm. So basically they housed and studied primates to see if they could test them and, and, and use different uh, combinations of medical, whatever to try to find cures for diseases and things like that. So um, in 1979, the center for disease control reported incidents of free ranging monkeys in La Perguera, Puerto Rico that had been somehow infected with the herpes B virus, <laughs> the herpes B virus. Um, just keep it there. Uh, and <clears throat> the, the, what they found was at La Perguera that it was overpopulated. These monkeys had been reproducing and also had the herpes B virus. Um, the problem was is that La Perguera was connected to mainland Puerto Rico, and so outbreaks of herpes started occurring among locals in Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico was alarmed by this, and the Center for Disease Control basically said this could be a national outbreak, at least an outbreak in Puerto Rico. It could cause mass deaths across the across the country. Of, of herpes? Of herpes. Herpes B. Herpes B. Herpes yes. B tricky. So that's where South Carolina steps up. The Palmetto State says that if you can transport these monkeys and before you get in to how these things are transported for the life of me, I don't know the answer to that question. I assume it's a plane. It's an airdrop. (laughs) Um, Oh no, it gets weirder. Uh, South Carolina offered uh, Puerto Rico the opportunity to relocate their 1400 monkeys to Morgan Island off the coast of South Carolina. And so, in 1979, over 1,400 monkeys were transported, with herpes B, transported to Morgan Island, South Carolina, and it was renamed Monkey Island. People call it Monkey Island, not technically, but that's what they called it. Um, Automated systems that they had set up before the arrival of said monkeys were activated from inside a building on the north coast of South Carolina, were responsible for feeding the monkeys when they arrived and for monitoring the monkeys' progress. South Carolina Department of Natural Resources uh, owned and operated the island, but the United States Food and Drug Administration technically owned the monkeys to which they leased out to several firms that used the monkeys for biomedical research and testing. Upon the last measurement in 2000 and I believe six, uh, the monkeys were found to have uh, grown from 1,400 to over 3,500, most of which would be considered rabid and diseased, and they're all rhesus monkeys, R-H-E-S-E-S-U-S, I think. Um, and they live still to this day on uninhabited Morgan Island, diseased monkeys in South Carolina. Nope. Uh, that is the end of story two. Your three minutes of question starts right now. Just when I thought you couldn't lie anymore, you come up with this doozy, okay? How are these monkeys okay, all living on an uninhabited island? And they're at some point they run out of space. You're pro- proliferating monkeys over there. <laughs> okay, hold on. I got a few questions. One. 
First of all, this isn't a question. They need to name it Herpes Island, not Monkey Island. <laughs> Comment two. Thank you. I've always wondered, can animals get herpes? And you answered that. You're welcome. Three. How? Did you, did, did you say that it was dangerous to the locals in Puerto Rico that they could get herpes from these monkeys? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know if it was from like a scratch or, or, or what it was. People, I don't know if it was actually, it said that they were worried, the Center for Disease Control was worried about an outbreak um, in, in Puerto Rico. So take and that her, for what herpes. Worth. And herpes B means what? What kind of herp is that? It's uh, it's herp B. It's herp B? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's not. It's, it's not, probably a good thing you don't know it's though. Not the, uh, it's not. It's not the alpha dog of herpes. Uh, it's more of a beta guy. No, you mentioned that there's uh, there's a building that I yeah, guess. Goes, how do they get the food? Is it like a conveyor belt situation? Like across the food the, just dispenses out. It just shoots it out. But someone's going to fill that food. Yeah, the food is so it, they, these things were set up, and there's a building. Off the North Shore, where I, I don't—I honestly don't. I wish I did know how this thing was fed, um, but that—that that is the system that they have set up. Can I ask you this, man? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of dumb people out there. There's a lot of people that might decide to go to Herpes Island. Uh, is, is there anything <laughs> no. that is? Well, oh, go ahead. I thought you were going to say, has anybody tried to has go? Has anybody over? tried? Is there anybody? Is any? No. Is there anything in place to stop people no. from getting to this island that is a part of South Carolina, yeah. United States it's of America? F- it's 40 years, and they've not had any sort of person try to go that we're aware of onto. It sounds like a Hitchcock movie is what it sounds well, like. Well, it's called <laughs> Monkey Island. That sounds incredibly inviting, and it's probably a boat ride away. Yeah, it is a boat ride away. That's accurate. I just don't see new podcast idea. The four of us, we go to Monkey Island. <laughs> go to Monkey Island, yeah, uh, and try the food. Okay, <laughs> homework would air it. Yeah, I don't have any. I, I, we're running out. This I, is so ridiculous. There's no way. I go, whatever. Do you have any other questions, Tyler? Well, I mean, I have a lot of questions, sure. but well, how do we unwrap this thing? So <laughs> there, there, it's. It is. How far is the island off the coast? I think it's like a like it's like a few miles. It's not far. I think it's like thirty or forty miles off the coast. Okay, because it's true. Like Monkey Island sounds like an inviting place. There <laughs> has to be somebody who was on a boat somewhere who's like this place called Monkey Island. Stop by and check it out. Boom. And what and if someone acts, like? What if That's they didn't know? The what if they accidentally they're driving oh. by? <laughs> the other thing is in South Carolina, like we do dumb We're stuff here. So yeah, dumb. we do occasionally. So we'll go yeah. to Monkey Island. Like yeah. I don't care. A group of rednecks, they're storming the island. They just mm. are. Is <laughs> yeah. there a fence around this island? No, it's just marsh. Interesting. Yeah, I shouldn't answer that question. That was just for Tyler there. Build that yeah. wall, man. <laughs> Build that wall. <laughs> Build that monkey wall. <laughs> That's terrifying. Jeez. Monkeys don't, they can't climb over walls. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so bad at it. Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> All right. What's this last one? All right. Uh, before the last story, we actually got, I got to tell you about some good friends of mine. Oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, have you guys had fun? Tyler, have you had fun so far? Have what? Have you had fun so far on the podcast? Oh, absolutely. I love yeah. learning about herpes and animals and islands. It's What's great. more fun than learning about history at your own pace, on your own time, not for a class, not for a test, but because you love it? Nothing There's is. There's nothing no, better than that learning. I mean, like maybe fun. your tr- true love best. or having a kid, but aside from those things, like 
learning because you want to learn is the best thing in the world. Where have I got a service for you? It's called the Great Courses Plus. Ooh. It's a streaming service that basically gives you the freedom to learn about pretty much any topic at your own conve- convenience and not just the basics. These are deep dives by lecturers who have studied the material. You can learn about American presidents. You can learn about secret societies. You can learn about travel photography. You can learn about the great white North of Canada if you wanted to, and you can do it all from the comfort of your own home mm-hmm. with your laptop, with your tablet. You can stream it to your TV all from the great courses plus. And here's the thing. You don't pay by the course. No, you don't. You pay the one time plus. a monthly fee and you get access to all of this data. But since we're talking about U.S. history, how about a, a course like a skeptic's guide to, to American history? I love it. Um, this course is going to be interesting like this podcast mm-hmm. is. It's going to tell you things you maybe didn't know or you didn't hear in your history book. And it's going to be eye-opening about our nation's history. You can get all of that and more through the Great Courses Plus. And here's the thing. If that wasn't enough... We're going to give you a discount just for listening what? to our podcast. What? That's what we're going to do, if you can believe it. You can get that awesome feeling that comes from the pride of having knowledge and being able to contribute in any given conversation. And you can get three months of unlimited access for 30 bucks. Whoa. That's $10 a month for unlimited access to anything in the world you could possibly want to learn more about. To get this limited time offer, you got to sign up using our special URL. I'm going to give that to you right now. TheGreatCoursesPlus.com slash story. That is TheGreatCoursesPlus.com slash story. That'll get you the discount. That'll get you all the information and knowledge you could possibly want for three months. It's a steal. Highly recommend. And it's not just history. I even, my wife wants to learn Spanish this year. And I said, babe, let's look at the Great Courses Plus. They have the how to uh, speak Spanish. It has something for everybody. It's your yeah, one it has stop. course guides there. It's, your one it's, it's amazing. Love it. Yeah, you're, we're actually, there's a Tyler Hines course. If Tyler Hines. Yeah. Uh, it's, really impressive. <laughs> it's really good. I can't wait. I'm taking that course right now. Yeah, he, doesn't, love it. he doesn't teach it, which is weird. Yeah, that it is, is weird. Strange. No, 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 no. Some creeper teaches it. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> you want to know what Tyler did yesterday? And they have all of Tyler Hines' shirts, which is the weird it's a weird uh, keep winning the contest yeah, that's right wow uh okay we got one more story here before we finish up Ooh. um called the palmetto state olympics too hot to handle uh your third story starts right now so um south carolina has always been leading the way and telling the government that they can't do whatever they want and we're going to do our own thing you may not know this, Tyler. South Carolina was the first state to secede from the Union. As soon as uh, Abraham Lincoln is elected president, they succeed from the Union even before he's inaugurated. Uh, over the course of history, they also try to nullify tariffs. They do a bunch of things that basically state, hey, you can't tell us what to do just because you're the federal government. We're South Carolina. We're Mavericks. We're going to do our own thing. So I tell you that story to tell you this one. In 1948, the first Olympic Games were held after World War II. Now, do you guys know where the the the, the games were held? Olympics, Summer Olympics, Germany, no, oh, Ohio, but uh, Ohio, no. Okay. Do you know where they were held? Nineteen forty eight. Any yes? Canada. No, that would have that would have been really <laughs> apropos. Uh, they were held in London, England, okay. in nineteen forty eight. Yeah, the That's war. Fine. The war had been over for three years. The reason that Germany is a good guess is because the previous Summer Olympics that were held were in nineteen thirty six. In Berlin, Germany, mm. there were Nazi flags everywhere. There's a bunch of very famous pictures. Right. Jesse Owens dominates that those Olympics. Uh, you see the Nazi flags in the background. There's a lot of really <laughs> interesting photography from those Olympics. Now, 
Um, since that 12 years has taken place, the world has kind of splintered. Nazis have tried to take over. People are upset at communism versus d- democracy, all that good stuff. Now, how does that affect South Carolina? Well, I'll actually, that doesn't. Racism does. Ah. Uh, in 1946, the United States elects probably the most famous politician ever to come out of the state of South Carolina as its governor. Do you know who that is? Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond. That is exactly right. Strom Thurmond, Tyler, if you don't know, is a guy who was the longest tenured United States senator in South Carolina history. He was a senator at 96 years old. And at one point, Saturday Night Live was doing skits with Dana Carvey would play uh, Strom Thurmond. And he's fallen asleep uh, while they're in the Senate. But what you don't maybe <clears throat> don't know about Strom Thurmond is had a very checkered past and career as a politician, especially when it came to race. Um, he also was just had a checkered past in general. Um, he married two different women, both who were 22 years old, one when he was 40 something the other when he was 60 something um there's there's a lot about him that is that is checkered as he grew older he became less and less of a racist so to speak uh, he also ran as a uh, and pretty much a white supremacist party political party for president under the dixiecrat moniker when the democrats were becoming too government friendly so um the olympics as a whole had been the united states had integrated the olympics um as early as 1904, they had allowed African-Americans to compete in the Olympics, but most notably they had integrated with Jesse Owens in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Now, this new progressive wave, remember, Jim Crow laws are still a thing. Segregation is still a thing. During these Jim Crow laws, South Carolina was one of the big leaders in, in segregation, and even though Strom Thurmond has an interesting record on integration and segregation, uh, he was none too happy that African-Americans were allowed to participate in the the Olympics. <clears throat> and in 1948, they announced that once again, the Olympics would be integrated and the United States would send their best of the best, even if they were African American. So Thurmond wanted to make a statement about South Carolina. This would not be the first time this statement was made. Uh, we put up the Confederate flag uh, in the 1960s because of segregation, not because of the Civil War. And basically the statement was this. No one from South Carolina would be participating in the Olympics in 1948. And also with the help of the Democratic uh, House and Senate, there would be the first ever Palmetto State Olympic Games in 1948, that was a South Carolina Olympiad. So those were the Olympics just for the state of South Carolina. Uh, and just for white people. Just for white people, right. as you would, and obviously to compete with the Olympic Games <laughs> nationally, because I'm Strom Thurmond, that's why. Uh, <laughs> so he announced the first Olympic Games, and basically that meant South Carolina athletes couldn't participate in the Olympic Games, and games were held at the fairgrounds in Columbia, South Carolina. If you've ever been to a football game, there was the state fairgrounds right next door. Um and basically consisted of mainly the events that you would think, track and field-based events, pole vault, 200-meter, 400-meter hurdles. Um, This made news, but not very big news. But what did make news was the fact that it was really, really hot in the summer of 1948. (laughs) And in July, when Strom Thurmond decided to hold the South Carolina Olympic Games during the 400 meter dash. Actually, after it, a man named Chet Lancaster from McCormick County died of a heat stroke (laughs) in the 400 meter race. And so in participating in the Palmetto State Olympics, there was a death of a runner and that immediately shut down the games. 
the death made more news than the actual Olympic Games themselves. Uh, Chet Lancaster's family tried to sue the state of South Carolina. They did not win that suit because he had signed to participate in said Olympics. And that was the first and last Palmetto State Olympic Games. That is the end of story three. Your three minutes of questions start right now. Did anybody who was actually uh, participating in the real Olympics, did they? Uh, did any of them participate so in the Palmetto Games? So I tried to cross-reference it as best I possibly could. And aside from a guy that threw javelin, and I don't remember his name, he had to choose whether or not to go to the Olympics or not. And he obviously went to the he Olympics. Went to like, uh, no. Yeah, he went to the Olympics. He did not stick around for the South Carolina games. But aside from that, South Carolina wasn't turning out a lot of Olympians in the 1940s. What with all the racism? <laughs> sure. Boy, what else? Uh, how how busy was was this Olympic games in South Carolina? There was a, they, the the fairgrounds, and I, I don't have the exact number for sure. But based upon what I what I read, like it was heavily attended in Columbia. I mean, like it was a big deal in Columbia. At the time, I mean, so like probably a few thousand people would be my guess. I don't, I don't have the, the total. So they announced it in July, and it was no, no. no. That- they announced the the games in in uh, in early in like the spring. They put them on in July. So they had some time to plan. And yeah, prepare yeah, yeah. For they this. had time to plan and prepare for this. And then on the third day, the the guy the guy from how uh, many days was it slated to go? The full Olympics? The, no seven. seven it was half, yeah yeah okay, seven days seven days yeah yeah yeah. Was there any plans in uh, place for I don't know like a winter? Uh, <laughs> where, where basically we just play the Summer Olympics again yes. because it's 50 a degrees cold, outside. A little bit colder. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if the Olympics are announced usually in advance of four years, right? Uh, yeah, I think they announced, well, nowadays they announce it way out. I think London got the Olympics in 1946, so two years out. Right. So, so, like, so this announcement to do it just in Carolina would have just happened months before they would have held it. Yes. Why did it take so long for them to announce it when they knew that this was coming? In all honesty, Strom Thurmond gets elected in 46, and this is probably, like, South Carolina has a history of doing things as statements, not because it actually does anything, and so this was probably a statement thing for Strom Thurmond to, like, just kind of stake a claim as we're not in favor of an integrated Olympics. That would be my guess anyway. So everyone recognized the absurdity. Yes, of what that's was why it didn't like. But South Carolina has it. Like I said, Fritz Hollings in 1965 puts the Confederate flag up there and leaves it there, and then everybody thinks it's a Civil War memorial, but it was really protesting integration of schools. Is what it was. Really? Yeah, I got nothing. This just, I mean, it sounds too perfect, um, and so I mean, we'll get to it All obviously. Right. But I, I, I don't have anything else. Do you? Have I, I don't have any. Tyler, do you have any other questions about this one? I mean, I'm following a gut instinct, and this is the one that I honestly kind of think is fake, and I should investigate it more. But I'm a little more fascinated just on the on if it's real, the history of South Carolina, and uh, if it's not real, then your imagination to come up with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. that's it. Okay. Boy, those are the three stories. Time to consult, boys. Uh, Yeah, my initial instinct is to say is that this one was the most subdued. The other two were the most ridiculous stories ever. This one was kind of low key, and what's making me kind of feel like this one would be fake because the vibe of it is different. My initial reaction when he started telling the story is this might be the fake one. Also, in the way that he was saying it. Yeah, I do agree with that, and I also think it sounds like something South Carolina would do. And because of that, maybe it's made up. But my other, I, I think Monkey Island is for sure real. I think I'm convinced of that. You guys want Monkey Island? <laughs> Monkey Island's got to be real. Be real. When, yeah. when I go back to the bomb story, 
there's just certain elements of that story that just it it can't be real. <laughs> it cannot be real that we would have dropped even on accident um, a nuclear bomb onto our own soil. I just don't think it's possible. I, I just I feel like it just strains credibility for me to not question Monkey Island. Uh, <laughs> like, I gotta, like, I, listen, I get it could very well be real, and it wouldn't surprise me here in South Carolina if that's a That's the best part of this. Sounds, is, yeah. It's kind of like the Florida man thing. Like, of course, it's, To be it's, fair, uh, if I had read them in chronological order, Olympics would have been first, Monkey Island would have been last, so we would have ramped up to crazy. To crazy, yeah. That's right. But some, Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, I just... I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm uh, okay. I think okay, I, know. I think ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Loser goes. Go. Okay, I am gonna say. Oh, this is tough. <laughs> I'm gonna say that the bomb story is your story. Bomb story is my story, Panda. I'm gonna say the monkey story is what? your story. Monkey I'm story. going monkey story. Monkey story. Island is false. Tyler, my feeling is this: monkey story is too incredible. <laughs> for it to be made up that is you would have to have the wackiest imagination to come up with that Two, the bomb story with the bomb hitting the the drop door and then the pressure of that pushing it through seems sort of implausible that would be my second guess for the one that would be your story but i think my gut instinct for some reason from the beginning of the other story i felt this way and i still feel it now but I really want to be right, so I want to get it right. I'm going to go with the Olympic story as your the story. Olympic wow, story. we each picked a story. Wow. So wow. one of you is one right. One of us is right. One of you is right. Uh, okay, we'll go, we'll go in order. Panda, Monkey Island's real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Of course it is. It's Monkey Island. <laughs> Monkey Island is Island. real. It's a real terrifying. It is terrifying. We gotta go. We gotta go. And the fact that no one's tried to get there yet, guys, this is uncharted (laughs) territory. We're doing it. Yeah. Uh, Brand, dropping a bomb, a nuclear bomb in South Carolina. Also real. No! (laughs) Yeah. Also real. Yes. Tyler Hines. I made up the Olympic story. You're one hundred percent right. Yes. God, with my God, yes, you did. And uh, and it, that the yes, tough part did. was, is I had these two amazing stories that I found doing research last night, and I could not in- feasibly come up with anything as bat crap crazy as those two stories. <laughs> I I couldn't do it. I tried my best. Strom Thurmond, racist governor. Kills a man in the 400-meter dash in Columbia. And we didn't blink. We were just like, that was, that was about right. That's what I thought, too. The, the death seemed too extreme. I was like, yeah. if somebody died, like, But how do you compete happen. with Monkey Island? I don't even know how I you know, compete you're trying with to Can we it take a pause and just embrace this is real? Like, this is what our dreams are made of. <laughs> wow. But hats off on the made-up story. My goodness, you really were elaborate with that. You got to go back and listen. The amount of work you put into that. I, I put in more work than I ever put into teach history in my life. It is. I spent. I spent about. It takes two hours to prep for one episode. So you got to go back. Yeah. We've done ten of them. Go back and listen. I think you'll enjoy yourself. Yeah. We talk about a yeah, uh, a prisoner of war camp in Canada. Uh, a bunch. Of, oh, I'm in on that. A bunch of Nazis want, wanted to become Canadian citizens because of how nice they were treated there. <laughs> no way. I want to hear this. Yeah. Yeah, you got to check monkeys it out. Monkeys can Island. have herpes? Monkey Island. Go look it up. It's a Who's thing. feeding the monkeys and why <laughs> are we not as, population as control? As soon as Tyler hangs up, he's Googling Monkey Island. Or more. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm also just trying to understand exactly how herpes works. I mean, <laughs> herpes, BT, like what is that specifically? Yeah. There's, There's a lot question. I don't think we're going to get into on this particular podcast. Uh, Tyler, really quick, <laughs> tell people how they can um, find you and, and follow you on the on the socials. 
You can find me at um, Herpes Island <laughs> underscore um, Tyler underscore Hines, and that's the same for Twitter as it is for Instagram. Dude, thanks so much for joining us. You're quite a sport. We really appreciate your time. And oh, that was a blast. If it's not history, <laughs> it's, it's his story. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.